Let this be a warning to the world. And to my mutant brothers and sisters out there, I say this. No more hiding. No more suffering. You have lived in the shadows and shame and fear for too long. Come out. Join me. Fight together in a brotherhood of our kind. A new tomorrow that starts today. Welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And Di. Hello, hello. Hello. Everybody. Hello, everybody. Should welcome. we just like, oh, I totally cut you off, no, but I was going to say, I like, should, say we, welcome back. should we cut to the chase and say that we just had our amazing... I am running off so much adrenaline off that right now, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> For context, we just opened our Mar- Marvel Kith x-men mystery boxes and their shoes for the record and so once again quick recap mystery box one of six different designs of x-men jeff got one i got another pair and they're we're pretty satisfied however yeah i got got one pair (laughs) die has three pairs (laughs) um we did an unboxing we recorded a little bit of content for it so we're gonna post some stuff um on the socials yeah. once I get to cutting it up. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was very exhilarating. <laughs> I was cool? very excited. The ex- it's truly an experience. I'm telling people, it's an experience. Because you got the sleeve. You pull yes. the sleeve off. You yes. rip the box open. There's a bag. The bag opens. And then you still have the card on top of that. Yeah. And it all unifies together. It's Again, we, we, we covered this in our mini Marvel um, about... Comic Con. Yeah. So if you want to know more about it, go back to that episode and listen. But yeah, isn't it cool? It was so cool. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, what am I going to get? And Jeff, I think, is going to keep his too, right? Yeah. So what's funny is, so before we say who we got, (laughs) so I think we both have said like, oh, like what what, what colorway would you want? And I was like, oh, well, I want the Storm one just for the colorway. Because the way I put my outfits together, it would, mm-hmm. work, it would work just more universally. And with, so those are like with, yeah. white, black, and grayish. It's like a, I think it's like a off dark white. navy blue. Is and it I think, blue? I think, yeah, because Storm is like almost like on a, on a bluish tint color. Mm. It could be like a, a very dark blue. Yeah. Or it is black and then um, and some gray. And then that's what I wanted. And then Di wanted, obviously, her man... Gambit. Gambit. And so we we did the unboxing and funny enough, <laughs> I got Gambit. God. And two of the three pairs that I got were Ugh. both Storm. Both Storm. <laughs> which is like crazy. If we were just the same size, it would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz then we just be like swap to swap. Yeah. But such is not the case. It was <laughs> it was funny because I saw it because we did it like in front of like the camera and, yeah. and recording like the the shoot in front of the camera and then we both didn't know what Di got. Yeah. And then she pulled it out and I was like audibly like what the fuck? Like, it was Storm and I was like <laughs> damn. So, yeah. I was like yeah, they're pretty sick though. All of the all of the shoot 
types. Like I'd love to see them again in person. Yeah. Because like at Comic Con, it was kind of a fleeting moment. You didn't really get to, and you couldn't touch them either. You could only look mm. at them. So to actually have like pairs out that you could feel and and look at closely. I mean, that's it's it's cool. It's just such a cool little thing, and it's like, especially if you're a fan of Marvel or the X Men. Yes. I mean, again, an experience. So, so yeah, we'll have that video <laughs> soon enough, or videos, depending. Um, but yeah, it's it's good stuff, and I can't wait to see you rock your kicks because I know you put together some some nice outfits. So I try. that's gonna be cool. I mean, yeah, I, I, you got style. You got style, Jeff. <laughs> so. Um, on to some, some show news. So, uh, thanks and welcome to our new Patreon patron, Woo! Edgar, uh, oh, wow. for joining the We Are Groot tier. Um, this is one of my coworkers at the museum, actually. So that's really cool. Hell yeah. Um, so, so speaking of Patreon, very quickly, uh, they just launched a new feature that might be of some convenience for our Spotify listeners. So... If you're on Patreon and you're supporting the show, you can now listen to the bonus audio that we post on Patreon via Spotify. Whoa. You don't have to go to the Patreon page or app anymore, so that's kind of cool. That should be rolling out in the next day or two. I've, I've synced up our stuff. We're ready to go. And if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, what are you waiting for? Please. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> because also thanks to our our supporters, we we now have these awesome mic stands, and it feels very professional. Yeah, and so hands, we're hands free right now. Yeah, we're hands free <laughs> for the first time forever. Um, so that's really fun. But yeah, thanks to our supporters for for everything you've done this far, and uh, we hope to have some new new supporters in the batch. Woo! Um, and then before we get into this episode, uh, last but not least, three things: Ms. Marvel is on ABC. It's on TV now, officially. Oh, yeah. So it's the first Disney Plus series to be on network TV, which nice. is big look. That's awesome. Yeah. And of course, that's that's ahead of the Marvels coming out in theaters. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is also streaming on Disney Plus now. Yay. I can't tell you how many text messages I've gotten of people being like, who didn't see it in theaters, and they who are now like, it. oh, my God. Yeah. This is like I'm yeah. like destroyed. Yeah, my coworker told me she just like oh she just finally watched it too. Yeah, yeah. And she was like oh my god. Yeah. And I was like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So so if you haven't had your heart break yet, go watch it. And if you've already seen it, watch it again and break your heart again. And then last but not least, least Loki season two promotions have officially started dropping. I didn't, I watched the initial trailer, but I know that there's some smaller clips like starting to. Some, not much. Not much though, right? Nothing crazy. I can't wait to see their McDonald's crossover. I know. (laughs) Collaboration with a special sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, probably won't be able to try it, but I still haven't tried the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce. Well, yeah, and then they were selling that stuff on eBay for like. $60 $60 Which a pack. Which is gross. So crazy. <laughs> and also just gross in a few ways, really. Gross. Like, like, what if, like, no one buys it and I just got this sauce? Yeah. Like, man. I've seen people that are selling, like, the, the Mulan one. And I'm like, that movie came oh out. Oh, my God. Right. The movie came out in 1995. But it's, like, collector's item. I'm like, why? Gross. <laughs> so 20 years from now, you'll see some Loki sauce. Which sounds awful. Jeff is making the best face <laughs> on eBay. I'm, just, I'm looking at the freaking shoes, like the colorways of the shoes. Yeah. And guys, when I I'm not gonna post my reaction video. That was just like I just wanted to do it. But 
I, I like, I like totally like miss like say the name. I thought I'd had. Well, that's funny, it right? Was so I was like, oh <laughs> damn, that we was were, horrible. The fact that I didn't identify it. I just thought, I was like, wait, maybe they do look different in real life. And I didn't realize it was Gambit, because I didn't realize Gambit had red. I thought it was yeah, full flesh. I think, I think it was the I mean? red that threw me off. It really threw me like, off. I was like, ooh, I got the Wolvie one. Yeah. And then we checked the card, and it was Gambit, and I was like, what? <laughs> well, we got Gambit. We got, I got Gambit. Gambit. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, all that said, a reminder, we are not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. And so, for this episode, we're going to dive into the origin story of Eric Lencher, a.k.a. Magneto. Woo! So, uh, right up the top, same thing we've heard many times before, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And his first appearance was X-Men number one, September 1963, now referred to as the Uncanny X-Men. So... Do you remember by chance the cover price for this comic book? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many numbers. I think about this actually a lot, but I'm also Yeah, like, but so you were numbers. doing really good, so it's this cover. I zoomed in, but it's this yes. cover. What year? 1963. I think it was 10. God, you're so close. It was 12. It's 12. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you're learning, see, you get you get it now. Yeah, 12 cents cover price. And so we covered uh, Professor X not too long ago with the same cover, but would you believe that since April, uh, a few higher grade graded comics have popped up on Shortboxed and eBay, um, mm. but the highest now, it, it's gone up in, and it, the prices have varied a bit. So now on CGC, uh, CGC 8.5 on Shortboxed is going for $100,000, whereas um, in April we were looking at only a 4.5 for $20,000. Holy. So someone decided, I have this really good grade, I'm going to sell it. And there so happens to be a matching one on eBay. It could be the same listing for $95,000. Oh my God. <laughs> so somebody's looking to pay off some bills, clearly. I respect the grind. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the lowest... That we found uh, CGC 1.1 or 1.0, sorry, uh, short box six grand on eBay 2,200, and if previously the lowest grade was this was the no grade, the one that didn't even register as being worthy enough oh, to grade. Yes, yes. <laughs> but this time, so there's no no grade this time, or at least there was, and I didn't pay attention to it. But I actually found one that was graded PG, which is very very rare. Do you uh-huh. want to give? A guess of what this means. Professionally graded? <laughs> no, but that's a great great idea. It means page. So uh, someone sent in a single page from this comic uh, book to get graded, which is bizarre because that costs you money to do. And they're only selling it. So they're selling page 10 of X-Men number one. Okay. For $46. I mean, that's a lot of money for one page. That's so weird. I, it, yeah. It's weird. And so anyway, you can get a previously uh, graded, uh, not graded, but um, at the value of 3900 you can now get a loose copy for 2200 So the prices are fluctuating all over the place. Don't really know why. Maybe it's just the season, whatever, comic 
conventions are happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it's interesting to see that someone's trying to cash out a higher grade. Um, so yeah, what was, well, is it the movies? Is that your first time? 2000. So you had no idea who Magneto was until you saw the film? Yeah, probably. Wow. So yeah. you, you didn't even know the red and purple one. You just knew Ian McKellen from 100%. the get Yeah, Whoa. easily. Because I mean, for the record, guys, I am a young man. I, am, <laughs> yes, I was a baby when that when that movie baby. came out. Like, I yeah. mean, well, that was X-Men 2000, right? Yes. So I don't even remember like going, watching, like I rarely ever, I rarely remember like going to like what movies I watched in the theater. Mm-hmm. So... Like, oh yeah, you were literally a child. Yeah, yeah. So I was. So it came out in two thousand, right? <laughs> yes, it did. I was. I was six years old. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was graduating high school. Because <laughs> I, mean, I was six years old, so crazy. obviously I probably didn't see it in theaters. I probably didn't start watching movies until. Yeah, Spider Man, right? So two thousand two ish. Probably watched that in the. I, 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 the only thing I can remember vividly, yeah. really, was my very first rated R movie, and that was V for Vendetta. Which is also traumatizing yeah. on its own. I remember watching The Last Stand in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also, I watched a lot of TV growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we had cable and stuff. I was blessed with cable. Yeah. My dad loves watching TV, so like I would watch like whatever movies would replay on TNT, USA. Like the, Those Fox movies would play on TV, like on replay. Constantly, a yeah. A lot. I yeah, think yeah. on TNT and stuff. So I think I would, yeah, I would watch like the X-Men, the first X-Men <laughs> movie. so wild. Like, a lot. So did you have, like, a shock value moment where you first saw them in colored outfits? Were you like, why are they in yellow and blue? <laughs> or why are they... Oh, like how they are in the comics yeah, and stuff? Yeah, because they don't look at all the same. I don't even... I think I was just so young. I didn't even know, like... Yeah. I knew they were based off comics. Yeah. But I never got into comics yeah, like, yeah, at yeah. all. Like, I didn't get fully... I'm, not, I'm still not into, into comics sure. like that, but... I'm not like I'm obviously more aware of it now because of like you and like yeah how it looks how the print looks like what the media was looking like yeah at the time but yeah during that t- time period I was strictly just movie media that's wild yeah so whatever my so whatever like my interpretation of comic book heroes were mm-hmm. it was from movies wow. so that's why it's like Tobey Maguire's my Spider-Man right like, like forever no, for sure you know? or I'll, it'll always be like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Right. Obviously, that's still the case. But like, if I were to go to like, it made such an impact. Yeah. If I were to go to like the comic book, I'd be like, I mean, that doesn't look like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's the same thing. You yeah. know, not to not to dive too deep into the aesthetics so quickly, but that's why people are shocked to find out that Wolverine is in fact in the comics five foot three. Versus short kings, baby. short kings, short summer. kings. <laughs> Whereas Hugh Jackman is is quite literally a foot taller, yeah. and so it, you know it's hard for people to grasp sometimes. Like, no, he's supposed to be a short, not dumpy, but you know he's like short and hairy, like little furball, you know. But uh, I digress. <laughs> so yeah, you know, for me it was I, it, it it all came together around 1991, 1992 easily. Um, not only because of the 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 animated series, but also because of the, they had this arcade game cabinet um, that you could play. It's like the four player one. Yeah. And it's super duper classic. And it, you could play like one of 
two, four, six, six or eight characters, and it's just like a group play. Is like a button mashing game. Oh yeah, I love and those. he's like yeah, and he's like the main antagonist in that game, as he is in many different mediums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was kind of my first exposure, along with like concurrently with um, the comic and the, and the show. So it was like a full on, like I immediately knew in my consciousness growing up as a seven, eight year old, like I know who this guy is. And then by the time I was around nine, 10, when the series came out, I was like, I know Magneto. Like he was just a household name. Uh, okay. Yeah. Super duper household name. So, um, as you can see, I laid down like at least eight trading cards, maybe maybe more, and then I I'm gonna read one from the uh, the Jim Lee, the coveted Jim Lee set. So Jim Lee is like again one of the the legendary artists, especially from the early '90s. When it comes to X Men, he really cemented the the look of them, the very iconic, you know, yellow and gold or gold and blue and yellow and red and. The, what the shoes are based off of, too, you know? Yeah. Easily said. And so this card um, probably sounds pretty familiar for anybody who is remotely familiar with this character. Um, Magneto is the X-Men's oldest and most dangerous enemy. Viewing himself as a savior of mutant kind, Magneto has turned his absolute mastery of magnetism toward the creation of a new world order in which mutants rule over a hapless mankind. Determined to defend the mutants he sees as his subjects from any and all threats, Magneto never hesitates to use the most most ruthless means to achieve his noble ends. Sheesh. So, I mean, like, if you just look at the guy, he's yeah. super daunting, super, like, he's... He got big thighs. And that's <laughs> his 90s, all the 90s artists drew, like, this very not stereotypical but a very cemented like look of what a superhero is supposed to look like yeah and they're just chiseled like chiseled <laughs> right that's why gambit has like a 12 pack so so that's essentially the card and so yeah more or less when it comes to the films that is him he's he's got this like very sort of pronounced um like gravitas to him uh-huh. And like he means well, and he's very intelligent, but he's also like diabolical. I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, with that, we'll just dive into his comic book origin. And so, Eric Lencher again, uh, aka Magneto, he was born Max Eisenhart. So that's his that's his birth name. Got it. Um, and he he was best known as Eric Lencher, um, often. Simply regarded as Magnus. It's like a nickname, if you will. And so, I don't know what to call him throughout this entire episode, so if I jump around between names, like, forgive me. <laughs> but uh, Eric is one of the dozens of characters in the, the Marvel Universe who's very tethered to the timeline of his origins, which undoubtedly makes the sliding scale a bit challenging to work with. So, because of his origin and how it's directly affiliated to the Holocaust and to Auschwitz and, and, you know, the genocide, you kind of look at it and you're like, what? He's supposed to be like a hundred years old now, <laughs> like more yeah. than a hundred years <laughs> old, but it's just, they, they, they have kind of worked around that. Um, and, you know, getting to the nitty gritty of it, he is a survivor of the Nazi regime and, uh, Eric known as Max at the time, came from a middle-class Jewish uh, family, unfortunately executed during uh, the Holocaust. So 
he's like the sole survivor as many of these stories go the family dies they are killed um and he survives but you know it's a lot like the movies as we'll get into um and if you can believe it despite his 1963 debut eric himself didn't receive a proper backstory until 1981 so they went almost 20 years wow, yeah. of this character being Magneto without even fleshing out, like, was he Jewish? Was he part of that whole era? He was just a maniacal villain. Mm. And so um, so when, it, when we go back to the origin, you know, after he escaped during this historical moment, I don't want to butcher this, but it's Sonder Commando Revolt. In October seventh, uh, on, on October seventh, nineteen forty-four, it's a real event. Uh, okay. So they're they're tying all these real life events in history to this character. So again, it's one of those things where you're just like, oh wow, like they really wanted to to drive home that this is what's fueling him as a character. Yeah, and I mean, like obviously, it's a terrible, terrible thing for many people. So you kind of once you realize his roots you're like ah that's why he's so passionate and earnest about what he does believe in because he's been through the trenches like literally you know yeah and so in 1944 max escaped fleeing to ukraine with the love of his youth a woman named magda who he rekindled with while at camp so these two grew up together they were around each other they it's that age-old love story they fell in love as adults they got married and then Things went to hell. Of course. Thankfully, they both got out. And so during this time, this is when Max takes on the moniker Magnus. And so it's like Magnus and Magda. Adorable. Got it. Okay. (laughs) And then together they have a daughter named Anya. And so it's a lot like we've seen in X-Men Apocalypse. Did you? Yes. Did you watch all of them? Yeah, I did. You watched all of them, right? I texted you, right? Yeah, and Dark Phoenix, right? I did. Yeah, I yeah, did. I watched okay, it all. That's right. I knew it. I was so proud of you. So <laughs> I did it, guys. <laughs> I trekked through Woo! it. <laughs> and so it's it's a lot like we saw in X-Men Apocalypse, for instance, when it, it, they showed particularly like Ian McKellen didn't get any of this backstory, at least to this degree. Yes. But if you remember when when Eric takes off and he has that new family and he's like in the woods, yeah. that's the same story. Yeah, okay. that's suppo- that is supposed to be. I believe it is Bagda, and the daughter yeah, is a different name. That's yes. the same that's what, concept. That's what I was thinking of yeah, when I was reading this. It's, yeah, it's pretty much the same in the comics. It's got some modernized, you know, changes, but but you know, his powers were used or they manifested, and then it incited an angry mob and they attacked the family. So in the comics, their home was set on fire, and Anya was still trapped inside, um, and of course he was thoroughly enraged whereas in the movie they were all outside and she also had powers and so they killed the child and the mom simultaneously yeah with an arrow which is still like traumatizing <laughs> do you remember that shot i was like oh my gosh yeah yeah i, thought, I mean i was in my head i was like really an arrow i know it uh, is like, like very like, very dramatic I, was like, I know what year we are but damn come on like. right <laughs> and it's like pierced th- through the child, but into the into, into the, the mom also. Mom, but it doesn't go through. But her that ass. didn't. That wasn't the part that was, I was like, whoa! It was when how it's he the killed reaction. is how he killed yes. the guards, and I was like, oh my! Yeah. God. I was like, my neck! I was yeah. like, oh my god! And I know you just see them all like, Look. yeah, yeah. 
Um, and of course, yeah. So that's that again. It's another. It's another phase of of what fuels his his rage as a as a character. And so, if things weren't already bad for him, in the comics, Anya is the only one that dies at that moment. And so when he when his powers manifest or he shows his powers in Magda's presence, it freaks her out in the comics, and she's like. I can't do this. I'm out. And she bounces almost immediately. So he's now left with no daughter, no wife. And in his search for her, he adopts another name. And this is when Eric Lenscher comes into play. Mm. So he's already shed the Max Eisenhardt persona. He's shed Magnus. And now he's Eric Lenscher. And so that is when his path crosses with that of Charles Xavier. And so the rest is history from there. And of course, we're going to get through a lot of that in this episode. But um, yeah, that brings us to the character in the in the cinematic universe, as we'll, we'll call him. Yeah. And where he's only known as Eric Lenscher, a.k.a. Magneto, f- portrayed first by Sir Ian McKellen and most recently portrayed by Michael Fassbender, uh, as well as Brett Morris in X-Men and Bill Milner in X-Men First Class in his youth. Um, mm. so yeah, so the last time we actually saw this character, I, I thought, uh, it's actually kind of surprising. Last time we saw him was 2019 in Dark Phoenix. First of all, I can't believe Dark Phoenix was already four years ago. And second, 2019? 2019, wow. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like that, but no. that's how long it, we've been without the character. 2019 feels like it's two years ago. Right? Like it's, it's only 2021, gross. right? And then yeah. you're like, oh no, we're halfway through 2023. Yeah. More than. Yes. So who, right off the bat, I have to ask, who is your Magneto? <laughs> well, I think Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. Just because, obviously, like I said at the top of the, at the show, like, that's who I saw in the movies. Mm-hmm. But a very older version of, you know, him and and Charles. Mm. You know, uh, Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian. Yeah. Have, bodied those roles in my opinion Mm. Mm -hmm. so but this is what this is where i will say this is my take yeah i think i've seen this on twitter too Mm -hmm. um well well, not first class but i think days of future past is the best x-men movie a lot of people say that yeah you'd be surprised how many people i think i think not because of how like all the crossovers yeah but how well all those stories intertwined yeah that was like, I mean, if you think about it, that's an end game before an end game mm-hmm. type thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but when they did first class where they introduced all these different, you know, ver- like younger ca- versions of the characters mm-hmm. and they did it pretty well. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you, with James McAvoy and yeah. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. You know, I'll say like when it first, when they first kind of pitched the idea with like, this is who we've cast as these characters. It was pretty jarring at first because it was like, what? And yeah. then you hear, oh, they're going backwards. They're they're gonna reboot them younger and then build them up. And I was like, what? But they executed it very well. I think so too. Yeah, because like we got first class and, and like it was good, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they did Days of Future Past yeah. as a second movie, which is and you're kind of like, whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do they intertwine all the OG characters? Mm-hmm. Like, Halle Berry was in that thing, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the fact that they even got Anna Paquin to come back. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I really, you know, because like, I binged them all that one time for Professor X, for our Professor X episode. But 
while doing this homework, I was like, oh, that's right. Like, because I was looking at the character posters. And I was like, they really brought it all out for the second half of the franchise, right? Where yeah. they rebooted it. And it, they did double down and make it so much better. And even if they didn't have, like, the the... If you kind of sub- subtract the original three yeah. and even Origins and all that, First Class Onward could still stand on its own. Yeah, because what was Strong. it? Because so after Last Stand, yeah. it was the, the Origins, It was right? X-Men Origins and then I think the Wolverine. Yeah. And, and then, then they did the X-Men first reboot, class, right? yeah. So my <laughs> thing is they, because I, I do remember Last Stand being mm. pretty epic, but also I remember people thinking like, what the hell is going on here? It was a little... It was a lot going on, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I think even like, even this way, obviously way before, because it came out in 2007, I want to say. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, doing very well. Yeah, yeah, 2007. Yeah. So this is obviously way before social media and Twitter. People can yeah. like really, but I do remember it being like, there's so much going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the one thing that I, I took away from that story was was Wolverine. Like, he's just he's like, Jane! And then he's Jane. Jane, and then he stabs her, and he's like, "No!" <laughs> yeah. And everyone was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> exactly. Um, and then that was the end of it. And I remember people being like, "Yo, what the hell is that?" Yeah. Like, you know, it's just Gene going crazy and over here. Yeah. Um, yep. And then they're like, oh, "Okay, maybe we should stop making X Men movies for a while." And you know, and so yeah. they did the solo Wolverine, right. the, the Origins, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "All right." They knew where their money was. And then, and then, and then, boom! They're like, "I know." Yeah. Let's reboot it with the young with the young people. Yeah, exactly. And it worked in and that and then that two movie run, it worked in their favor. Sure. Sorry, exactly. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I know it had so much potential. And but I will say that, you know, related to this episode, Magneto is one of the reasons why that movie didn't completely like suck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was very haphazard. It was all over the place. They were Re, they were doing they were doing the same things and making the same mistakes that they did do with Last Stand, which is like you can't you can't mess like you can't mess it up. It's the yeah. Dark Phoenix saga. Oh, I'm Phoenix. sorry. There was four movies. Wow. Yeah. It was. Apo- I keep forgetting Apocalypse, about Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse is also one. Yeah. 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 Just kidding. I take it take back what I said about this. <laughs> but again, upon rewatch, not as bad. Not as bad as the initial. I watch. will say, I think, I think Apocalypse made more sense to me than Dark Phoenix. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And I wanted to like Dark Phoenix. I wanted to like Dark Phoenix so much more than I did. But again, haphazard. They were just killing people off. They were like, "What else can we do?" And I just think well, killing more people. <laughs> well, it was the killing people off. Whatever. Like I was like, okay, that's yeah. whatever. But it was also the the alien element. It was the Chastain element. And Chastain I was, like, was such a like a. And I was like, she's a great actor, but yeah. we're not getting any backstory. There's nothing on this species that's trying to take over the world. Yeah, and, and we've talked about them for a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, so when I watched it, I was like. I was like, why should I, like, I was like, well, because the way that Jessica Chastain was playing that alien, I was like, this is yeah. scary. Yeah. But in my, but because of, like, how the story was going, I was like, I have no reason, though, to be scared of this character. Right. Because yeah. all it shows is them taking over a human body, and, exactly. like, that was it. And that's it. And that was the extent of their, like, like purpose. They, and they gave that, that short little backstory in the middle of the movie, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, like, grasping enough for me yeah. to be like, like oh like Thanos type right. stuff or uh you know right and so, then of course they just like 
interwove like the familiarities that people that would save it right like the quicksilver trope and then they yeah. killed Mystique and then also off. still trying to like um like tell a bunch of these other people's stories like mm. like beast and yeah then, exactly and then and then the professor and then you have yeah the death of raven yeah yeah you're yes right. the yes. death of raven <laughs> well done <laughs> um so it was stuff like that yeah exactly. yeah there's a lot going on yeah and so honestly like looking back on it magneto was one of the most stable portions of all of those films i would agree yes right <laughs> and I, like and so when the question comes up of like who is Mag- magneto i would say the same thing as you and say it is sir ian in so many ways, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I love Fassbender, dude. But have, have, like, I love him as Magneto. But have you noticed that you kept doing Magneto <laughs> dirty with Fassbender? Completely, 100%. Like, like in Days of Future Past, yeah. it was like, like Eric, you don't have to kill the the, the president or whatever. Yep. Like, it's fine. Then he doesn't, and it's like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And then the next one... uh, Raven dies or whatever. Yeah. Or no, no. Then he's taken over by. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna join Apocalypse because we, we're bad. Oh yeah. And it's like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? And then it's too and, easy. And then in Dark yeah. Phoenix, he's secluded. Yeah. But then people come and attack that camp, and he's yeah. like, screw it, I'm bad again. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, what are we? <laughs> they keep flipping the coin with him. Yeah. Constantly. Um. Yeah. We'll get into that shortly, but um. So I, I pulled aesthetic up from our usual position lower in the show simply because like it's it's interesting how they've they've kind of evolved his uh, his look over the years, at least in the films. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you, all of the costumes that he has worn um, either by Sir Ian or or Fassie, they they take elements from the comics. Yeah. None of them have been. 100% accurate. None of them. Really? No, 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 no. Wow. Like the helmet? The helmet? I was going to say, there, the helmet for sure. is probably the closest thing. But everything else? Really? De- definitely not. Like you can look through all these. They almost uh, have the yeah. same, it's almost the same outfit. Yeah. And it's the red and purple. But yeah, he's had different iterations. He's had an all white. We talked about the all, out, all white one a little bit in the Professor X episode, but none of them have completely nailed it. I would say of all of them, that both men have worn, I would say the maybe I think it's Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. That might have been my favorite as far as Magneto's outfits go. But the helmet from First Class, I think, is my favorite helmet. That one was a good one. <laughs> yeah, and yes. it's very sharp and pointed. Uh, I'll probably post these at, at some point on social, but but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because yeah, they they haven't quite nailed it. I think there's still potential to really not bring us a full-fledged like purple underwear magneto <laughs> <laughs> but but something that is close even closer resembling yeah um so yeah it's overall it's a relatively difficult uniform to fully capture correctly but yeah, yeah some of the characteristics from different costumes come from different parts of history and uh and yeah my favorite is is i think Ian McKellen's from X3 and then Fassie's from Dark Phoenix or Apocalypse, whatever one it was. <laughs> they all just kind of blend together at, <laughs> at this some point. point. Yeah. So when it goes to when it goes uh, when it comes to powers and paraphernalia for the character, he is once again an Omega level mutant. And so, just a reminder: there's a biomutative classification scale <laughs> that follows the Greek alphabet in classifying mutants by their power ranking. And so. 
Uh, you know, of course, Alpha and Omega are, are really, those are really prime positions as far as the mutant scale goes. But if you want to compare Magneto to other Omega mutants, they would be um, Storm, Iceman, Jean Grey, which mm-hmm. is a huge one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, so those are kind of like his his colleagues as far as the power rank goes. God, looking up his powers, I was like, okay, this is a mouthful. Holy smokes. So when it comes to Magneto, his powers include, but are not limited to, magnetism manipulation, force field magnetic armor, including rays and flight, geomagnetic link, gravity decrease, matter manipulation and metal morphing, iron manipulation, electromagnetic sight, electromagnetic spectrum manipulation, including absorption generation portal creation, as well as light generation and manipulation, as well as dimensional awareness, astral projection, and telepathic resistance. So those last three are kind of like a case-by-case subject, subjective type of thing. How much manipulation can this guy do? But he can basically do anything when it comes to any sort of property. So he is, like you said in the last episode, he's dangerous <laughs> because it's it's scary. And we've seen this in the films, which also makes for cool effects. Yeah. Because like all he does is, you know, he just clutches his fingers and makes a fist I mean, and it's that's over. Like, that's like my thing with Magneto like growing up. I'm like, oh, he controls metal? Yeah. 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 How you... I, like... <laughs> I had a terrifying thought the other day. I was like, could you imagine if Tony Stark were still alive and you put him up against Magneto? Yeah. He would just make him into a ball of like a wad of foil. That's what saying. Like it doesn't make... Yeah, like I think like <laughs> the only times where his power, power was like harnessed and could not be used was when he was in jail in Days of Future Past. Yeah, all plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you're pretty much yeah. losing There's in a no fight. There's no way. There's no way. Like I know, yeah. I know movies have to dumb him down sure. because it's like... Yeah. Like, dude... Like, there's metal everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everywhere, like, yeah. So... Yeah. It's kind of wild. Um, and so, uh, he also bears genius intelligence. He's a skilled combatant, and he fluently speaks nearly ten languages. I can't even speak one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I wanted to... Something we haven't really done before was... Uh, Eric is known for having multiple localities. So, like... The old villain lair, right? Sure, This yeah. is a huge thing. Like, there's always a lair. There's a bat cave. There's, like, the <laughs> X-Mansion. <laughs> so, Eric in particular... Oh, hello, Rocket. So, Eric in particular has a couple that are quite famous, honestly. Um, one of which was one that you just mentioned. It's the, the mutant camp, so to speak. Mm. And so, um, in the... in. In, in the comics, for instance, you know, there are a couple of locations in the Marvel Universe as a whole that have spilled over into the MCU. Um, like, you know, some that other ones that we're familiar with are Wakanda, for instance, in Madripoor. Ah. Um, those are those are very iconic locations. And so some of Magneto's are actually on that list. And so I'm just dying to see them in cinematic form. But the closest one we have seen is the one in Dark Phoenix, um, which is Genosha. Yes. And so I'm not, I don't recollect if he actually said the word Genosha, but um, in the comics, it's a, it's a fictional island that dated as far back as the 16th century. So like if you look on the right page, you can legitimately find 
the history of this fake island. <laughs> it's fictional island. Uh, and they've dated it as far back as six, the 16th century. And then he didn't come into the play until obviously modern ages. But um, its relevance is also intended to be a, a mutant-only nation. So that's something they reflected in the films. And so apparently, I didn't even realize this until I really like did the homework. And I was like, God, they actually have mentioned it in multiple films. So it's been an X-Men. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't remember. But I guess it's that it's that weird creepy cave place that he and Sabretooth and Toad and Mystique are at. Uh-huh. That's supposed to be Genosha. Oh. And then okay. it appears again in X-Men The Last Stand. And so that's the place that they are all at. Yes. And where I think Logan kills Gene. I don't yeah. know. And then maybe. I haven't maybe, seen that movie yeah, in a I know. while. It's, it's been a while. And then, of course, X Men Dark Phoenix, which I think is the most realistic version of it. Yeah, like on an island. Where it's random, kind of secluded. like very secluded. They're away from people. They've kind of built up from the ground. Yeah. Um, living in dilapidated areas and just getting by. But another one that's very popular is called Asteroid M. And so it's basically an orbital space station. That's okay. like, it's kind of like Titan to Thanos. Um, there's no cinematic counterpart yet. And it's, it's been blown up a few times in the comics. It comes back. He just takes another meteor. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm going to have my citadel here. And then it's Asteroid M. Um, but yeah, so those, those are two things that he's very well known for. Uh, as far as the comics go and the crossover with the films. But are you ready for your pop quiz? I guess. <laughs> I know I'm He's never going to do good on head. these. He's shaking his head like, no. Okay, no, no. I think you can get this one. You say that every time. I do because <laughs> I believe in you. I have I so don't. much hope. Okay. I have so much hope. Okay, so now that you've watched all the films and this is a film based one so you do have a shot I did it by choice also by the way. <laughs> of the items Eric has used as weapons in the films which of the following was not one of them okay was it a water fountain an anchor metal balls <laughs> a quarter or a paperclip. That he hasn't. Which one of those has he has not he used? Has he not used to kill somebody? <laughs> I didn't want to say the K word, but he's used all these items, except for one, to murder someone. What? <laughs> yes. Gosh. I know, it's wild. I, I, I watched a 13-minute video of him using his powers. <laughs> 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 but then I was like, I love Magneto in the movies. <laughs> So it was it was a nice watch for me. This is of the the fast bender ones. All. 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 But th I will say they didn't get very creative between the two of them. They do repeat a lot. Yeah. So it's not that many, but one of these is not I want to take quarter out. I feel like I've seen that vividly somewhere. Yeah. Just through someone's That's first class. First no. First class. Someone through yeah. someone's neck. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. Uh, it was through his forehead. Yeah, it was pretty iconic. Okay, <laughs> I'm taking taking the quarter out. See, the fountain throws me off <laughs> because 
When you say fountain, do you yeah. mean one of those like decorative fountains that you see in like a courtyard type of things? Or or like a water fountain like at a school? No, a decorative one. So, there's not much metal in those. It's mostly like cement decorative. Okay. Maybe there's metal inside because of the tubing for the, but that's very, very logistic. I wish everyone could see your facial expressions. <laughs> it makes it so much funnier. <laughs> but for movie sake, they yeah. could be like, oh, look at him lift this fountain. But you're like, wait, fountains are made of concrete, not metal. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's metal stuff in it. I don't know. Metal, say balls. <laughs> metal balls. Metal balls. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to remember part of the, any of the movies where he's like, look at these metal balls. <laughs> they were just, they were the, oh, they're sitting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said. An anchor. Pa- anchor and a paperclip. Correct. Paperclip? Sounds like it shouldn't be. It should be the answer. But knowing like movies, they always want to show the most minuscule like ways that Magneto can. Yeah. So I feel like paperclip. I feel like there was a VFX shot of him like unhooking a paperclip too. I'll keep paperclip in there. The balls are throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why I included the balls. Dude. <laughs> Because the fountain, I feel like fountain's there. I feel mm-hmm. like he did, and it was like really dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then the anchor, I feel like he did. I feel like, what movie where is he can't, he, he, he pulled up on a ship, and he just was like, oh yeah, boom. Wow, you remember more than I thought. <laughs> That's also X-Men First Class. Woo! <laughs> um, okay, anchor out, quarter out. The damn balls, man. They're throwing me off. Cause like that's just like I mean, unless you throw something with enough force to it can go through somebody's body. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking about like them beads. <clears throat> and them like metal beads. Ball mm-hmm. bead balls. Mm-hmm. Not used. Not used. <laughs> I feel like there's a scene of him like like magnet like with his mind like unfolding a paper clip and he uses it to either pick a lock or a door or he's Mm-hmm. Whatever. Not not that. Mm-hmm. I'm between fountain and balls. <laughs> How many times do I say balls in this? Balls. <laughs> um. You know what? Yep. Final answer. I feel like my gut says fountain. That is incorrect. Ah! <laughs> You're so close. So let me just preface this with. I have the same sort of Mandela effect remembering like you do, where I thought I saw him do that with a paperclip. No. But I believe, I believe, and again, I watched 13 minutes and I did not see a paperclip, but I believe we're confusing that with Colin Farrell's bullseye from Daredevil, where he does the paperclip and then he goes, and he gets the dude in the neck and then he just keeps doing it and he killed somebody. You might be right. Right? I was like, ooh, I don't think. Because I, too, I was like, he killed somebody with a paper clip. And I was like, no, that was Bullseye. <laughs> so wow. I think it was Bullseye. Yeah. So. Our minds are messed up, It's man. wild, right? I was like, wow, what do we remember? The movie's from 2002. Why are we remembering? 
Tell me about it. Holy <laughs> smokes. So Water Fountain, I believe, I don't know which movies these are from, but Water Fountain, it is made of metal. So the ornate parts, like he, it's bizarre. If you look back on it, you're like, nah, that couldn't have really happened. I was he, going, he I was got, getting like, logistical beast. with it. <laughs> yeah, I think, he, I think he actually trapped Beast in it. And then the Got anchor it. is exactly how you said he was like chasing on. They were on the yacht, and then he pulled the anchor up and he cut the freaking yacht in half. Yes, okay. Um, he cut it off, like the the top half off. Um, the metal balls. I'm surprised. This is an iconic one because both of them use this. I know. I'm and there, to, like... there were those like bowing balance balls. They're just yes. Solid. That's what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, they're just spheres. They're metal yes. spheres, and they just. They twirl, yes. and then he'd shoot them out. Okay, yeah, and then, um, and then the quarter, as you mentioned, yeah, and so that left the paperclip as the only one that did. <sighs> so close, but you did great. I mean, yeah, again, I I didn't realize that you were going to remember, especially first class. It's so not well. even like I remember the context of it. I yeah. just remember that him image. using it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Colin Farrell one is really a throw off. So. Gosh. So immediately behind that, we did get a listener comment on Instagram from Super Fanboy Guy. Um, he says, "Do you think it's weird that his name is Magneto when he can control all metals, which is super fair? Like you think, oh, he's a magnet, but what is to what extent, right? Ah, uh. it seemed like a an interesting throwaway name, and I think, I mean, they also made fun of it, right? They're like, what's a Magneto?" <laughs> But, my friends, it is actually a real word, and it from dictionary.com, <laughs> magneto means a combining form representing magnetic or magnetism in compound words, magnetochemistry. Jeez. So it's a real word, and they just shortened it down, even though it sounds like magneto. <laughs> Magneto. 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 Yeah. I mean, people don't even call him that much. No, they Magneto, always, they're like, like Eric. Eric. <laughs> there, is there a compilation of just James McAvoy? Eric. I bet there is. Eric. Listen to your heart, Eric. Oh, God. This is not who we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's you so don't accurate. know me anymore, Charles. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of that, right? The love This spat. is who I am. Yeah, exactly. No! <laughs> <laughs> Rocket is like, what is happening? Are they opening shoes again? <laughs> and so um, to, to kind of bounce, bounce off of that, in fact, his name, Max Eisenhardt itself, is a German-Jewish name, meaning as strong as iron. So even his, his moniker or birth name has meaning to it, purpose to it, whereas like Magnus, I feel, was like, that was more cheeky. Is also Magda, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's all these components where it's just kind of like, okay, that sounds fake or that sounds weird, but <laughs> there's actually a lot of purpose behind his name, which is actually pretty cool. So, notable adversaries. Okay, everybody. It's literally everybody. He's like a lot like Thanos. He's is like part of these. He's part of the upper crust of I mean, of he's, rogues, a, he's right? an adversary himself. For sure, right? <laughs> and so he has fought the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the Defenders, the Inhumans. The list goes on and on. But, hey, big surprise. The X-Men are his biggest foes. No doubt. Which is It's a love-hate relationship, right? So since day one, as we've seen on X-Men, Uncanny X-Men number one's cover, um, Magneto and the X-Men have had a tumultuous relationship. Um... Especially when it comes to heroic mutants under Xavier's care. And it all stems from the fact that these two men 
have grown together in the most important parts of their lives, you know, as not even young adults, as like full fledged men that just grew into the roles. And it's, it's interesting. Cause yeah, it's again, it's one of these relationships that's very well represented in the films. And we said this in the professor X episode. Um, and yeah, they, they just constantly butt heads because they're so alike, but also have so their contrasts are so extreme, you know? Cause it's, cause it's like a, is it like a Captain America or Iron Man type ordeal? I mean, that's a fair comparison, at least from the film standpoint. Yeah, film standpoint. Yeah, mostly. like where it's just like they have these like visions, but at some point they veer into very different territories. And that's kind of like the Sokovia Accords, right? That's yeah. the comparison, I guess, what would be best is that, sure, they both, Iron Man and, and Cap both thought, sure, like having an organized sort of team to, to help protect people is great. Yeah, like the institute, like the cost? institute is the is the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. So and, yeah, yeah. So in this case, like Xavier, I think, well, it's kind of like what Civil War was officially originally based off of, right? They wanted mutants to register and superpowered people to register. Yes. So they knew who they were. Whereas it's like, well, what's the safety in that if everybody's exposed? So, so it's like they had. It's kind of like. Unfortunately, it's like in the movies where they kind of flip-flop them a few times, you know, Mm. like at one point, Xavier's like, we should be free and open and everyone should know, but also be secretive and no one should know. Yeah. And then Magneto's like, we should be free. And they both like... (laughs) We should be free, but use all powers. Exactly. So they're they're on the same side, but not at the same time. Often, very often, you know? And so you'll see throughout history, there are times where like... Predominantly, Professor X is in the right, if you will. He's like very like altruistic and he wants yeah. the best for all mutant kind, but also humans. Whereas Magneto is like, no, 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 just mutants. Like he doesn't care about the humans because yeah. of the Holocaust and because of everything that happens. Yeah. He's got that mentality of like, He's they like, don't no, deserve you guys, this. Like you guys cast us out, we yes. don't want you. Exactly. Whereas yeah. Xavier, he's like, He's like, like, no, we can yeah. use our powers, but also we can coexist exactly. with humans as well. Right. Like one of the one of the iconic lines that like Storm had in the in the cartoon, which I'm sure probably derived from the comics, was like she said, like, we protect the world that hates and fears us. And it's that's what the X-Men are. They're these outcasts that despite anything, they will fight for the greater, better for humanity yeah. and mutant kind. It's like, yeah, it's like Black Widow's speech at the end of uh, is Civil War? Mm. Where it's like, if you, if you, it's like, if you, if you want to arrest me, arrest me. Yeah. But you're not going to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you it's need that us. Same sense. Exactly. Because we're the only ones capable of protecting, yeah. you know, yeah. this world. It's that sen- same sentiment. Yeah. So the entire course, even when it's chopped up into smaller 22-minute animated segments, that's the same sentiment. And so Magneto is constantly there and constantly pushing against the grain because he also has that same mentality. He's like, I might be starting havoc and you might be fighting against me, but also you're not going to stop me because I'm also a mutant. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And so his his intentions aren't always bad, but they're not always well conceived, if that makes any sense. He has the right intention, <laughs> bad execution. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's where it's going. Yeah. And so so uh one of the one of the 
standout examples I had for <laughs> for how the X-Men and Magneto clash um, was a storyline that I've brought up a few times throughout our episodes, which is the Fatal Attraction storyline. And so this is from, I think, 1995. And so very quickly, in bullet points, I did it quick and easy. The X-Men and Magneto clash. Wolverine nearly guts Magneto during the fight. Magneto gets enraged. He does this a lot, just FYI. He's always enraged. It's like his worst moment is when he's like hangry. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just, same. It's <laughs> exactly the same. Like all it takes is that trigger and he, it's over. Yeah. Right. And so Magneto gets enraged and then he strips the adamantium from Wolver- Wolverine's skeleton. So I've talked about this before. Yes. He literally pulled the adamantium from, yes, from I remember Wolverine's this. pores. So if you swipe these next three pictures here, the screenshots, you can see a quick view of it. And so, mind you, this is like in a comic book in the 1990s. And so, oh my gosh. so that one and then the next two. And so he pulls the adamantium from every, every orifice in his body, every single hole that Wolverine has, including his pores, pulls out the adamantium. Professor X is then triggered, and then he mind wipes Magneto. Oh my gosh. Leaving him comatose. And then the entire act itself leads to the discovery that Wolverine's claws are part of his physiology. It's not adamantium. Oh, it's not just the adamantium. Yeah, there. it's actually in his body. So this one event triggers so many things. And that's like a Tuesday <laughs> for, a Tuesday. X- for X-Men and Magneto. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how often they clash. And yet, even after this sort of thing, they still come together and fight together at the end of the day. And they live their lives, what have you. And so it's changed a bit since That's... the 90s. You know, it's like 30 years. But but things are still very much of that dynamic, you know. And so, um, yeah, in the cinematic universe, again, like we haven't... The X-Men being pulled into the MCU officially hasn't really happened yet, but... In, in the cinematic films as we know them, you know, it's always been X-Men versus Magneto, but they did fight against um, some other folks, or Magneto fought against some other folks as well with the X-Men, including Bolivar Trask, uh, William Stryker, the Hellfire Club, and then Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't even... Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I just still can't believe they tried to really make that happen. It's insane. Um I hope one day we'll see it, but I don't think, I'm pretty sure I'll never see it in my lifetime. But I just want X-Men in yellow spandex. Oh, wait, <laughs> we got that Wolf Wolverine. It's coming soon. Woo, we're getting started. Okay, and so when it comes to friends, families, and affiliations, let's be real, he does not have friends. <laughs> he Agreed. has like, yeah, right? He has like allies and comrades, but not like an actual friend, aside Charles Xavier, yeah, who we're going to talk about first, but honorable mentions to Sabretooth Toad and Mystique in the films. Um, so when it comes to Charles Xavier, once again, we covered him in episode 52, all about Professor X, and so the two have the truest of rivalries that's been tested time and again, uh, and a dynamic that's very well represented. Um, and in modern day form, so the X-Men have come a long way from their original sort of knowledge base and now there's like again we've mentioned this a few times as well there's this plant involved they're on an island it's a living sentient being it's a like mutant nation what have you 
So Eric Charles Xavier and Moira Ten or Moira X um, established a sovereign mutant nation known as Krakoa, where Magneto himself acted as an ambassador on the Quiet Council of Autumn um, before retiring. <laughs> so he has retired to uh, a sister entity uh, named Arako. Mm-hmm. So he's on another island living his best life. I know he's in some newer storylines, but yeah, we're not going to cover that. <laughs> um, and of course, Professor Charles Xavier, portrayed by Sir Patrick Stewart and then James McAvoy, Woo! and as a child by Lawrence Belcher. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about them through and through. Yeah, we don't need to spend more time on them, but you know, I'm sure we will throughout the rest of this episode. Uh, more importantly, I wanted to go back because the episode that we actually discussed these next two characters is so far back. Episode five of the show. Wow. And we're on 61. So Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. Ooh. So three words, House of M. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we discussed it. We, we discussed it in episode five and we've discussed it here and there along the way, but holy hell. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about this with Stephen Ray Morris, actually, uh, our friend uh, Stephen, and I feel like we still didn't scrape the surface, especially when it comes to House of M. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that alone is... It's, it's yeah. so much to, like, embody. So, again, I've, I've kind of pulled together some quick notes. Wanda loses her twin boys and suffers a mental breakdown. She starts a warp reality. Doctor Strange steps in, puts her in a coma. Magneto, because you have to remember, in the comics, at this point in time, at least previously... Wanda and Pietro are Magneto's children. Yes. And so Magneto takes Wanda into his care, eventually allowing Xavier, the only person he lets see her, visit her. And he thinks that Xavier will help Wanda come out of her her stasis. Um, Before both the X-Men and the Avengers attempt to potentially kill Wanda, Quicksilver convinces her to conceive the House of M reality where everyone lives their best life with mm-hmm. their deepest desires. And then Wolverine, equi- the only one equipped with the ability to remember um, that all of this is fake because his wish was to remember his memories. Yeah. And so he actually retains that crucial amount of uh, information, leads the charge against Magneto, who regains, um, sorry, against Magneto. And then Magneto kills Quicksilver for starting the whole dang thing. And then at the very end, Wanda mutters the three words, no more mutants. And then everything changes back to normal. But then 89% of all mutants were without their abilities, including Magneto. So he later regained his powers thanks to someone, I don't know, some dude named the High Evolutionary. What the hell? Yeah. What is this storyline? Right. Oh my gosh. So this is, again, one of those examples where it's like, holy smokes, if, if Marvel Studios really had all of the characters under one roof at the same time, things could have been very different. This should be the very last piece of content that Marvel Studios ever No more mutants. Creates, yeah. House of M, like yeah. a proper house. Like, like, if, so if, like if it gets to a point of like, we just gotta, they just gotta stop. We just gotta stop. Yeah. You just do that. That'd be wild, right? Yeah. So and you have, and you have, and then you have my wife just end the <laughs> yeah. end the whole tenure right exactly <laughs> like, which of course there's been a rumor that because that version of wanda died in the mcu that they're going to revive one from another dimension and that that one's going to be the daughter of magneto 
Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that one actually. That's the rumor. Is that would, that's would how she she's only do? Come back. No, would it only work in like that, like that universe, or does it work across like a multiverse? Well, it depends how they bring her in, yeah. right? Like, how is she introduced? Okay. So, and and also, do they negate the other one somehow? Yeah. And being like, oh, she wasn't Prime Earth. Yeah. So we'll see. I would be. I mean. <laughs> I mean, Elizabeth Olsen has said herself, like, she would love to dip into... Yeah, she still wants to do stuff. And this, she, this House of M. Yeah. Yeah. She mentioned it by name, which is really... But great. it is a pretty dark storyline. It's, it's, it's all... And that's, <laughs> that's like, again, pretty, Yeah. Like, that's a quick... Like, that's not even the nitty-gritty, you know what I mean? It's, it's across multiple titles, multiple comics, so... Dive into that if you want. I'm going to reread it for sure. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, Wanda and Pietro Maximoff, portrayed by Elizabeth Olsen, Jeffrey's wife, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, a.k.a. Craven, (laughs) and Evan Peters, if you so desire. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we first saw them in event. Was it Thor? Dark World? At the end? Oh, the credit credit scene? Post-credit scene, yeah. I forget which one it is at the end. I don't know if it's a... No, I think it's Avengers. Avengers. Oh, yes, that's right. Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age of Ultron. No, No, I'm sorry. They came out in Age of Ultron. So it was Avengers for sure. Might have been. Yeah. Might have Or Winter been Soldier. One of them, yes. I forget. <laughs> it's I legitimately timeline. forget. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So, um, and then last scene in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, as well as Age of Ultron, <laughs> respectively. <laughs> Which is kind of like funny. And then, of course, Ralph Boner is coming Ralph back. Ralph Boner. <laughs> yeah. He's making his reappearance in Agatha, uh, Coven of Chaos. I've seen some Chaos. rumors on that. On I haven't on that. seen anything really. I've, yeah, because I follow. Are they like, good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. They're really good. I'll take that as a yeah. as a great yes. Um, so yeah, you know, there's there's barely a drop or let alone a crumb of connection in the cinematic universe between the twins and Magneto. The twins, um, oddly enough, there was more with Peter Maximoff, <laughs> with Evan Peters' version. Yeah. They, they really kind of actually made an effort to put a connection there um yeah so i don't know we'll we'll see if they actually resolve any of that um like i mentioned uh previously uh anya eisen eisenhart um so nothing more to say than than what we already covered but her cinematic counterpart was was named nina gursky so that's the little girl that could conjure nature and make the animals come around and all that stuff Mm. Uh, she was portrayed by T.J. McGibbon. Um, yeah, she had a small role in X-Men Apocalypse, but again, the undertones and relevance were absolutely on par with Eric's comic book origins. And then here's somebody that we have not talked about at all, uh, but she exists uh, in the cinematic world in some capacity, and she has a very relevant connection to uh, Eric, and that is Lorna Dane. We've maybe mentioned her once, and she is the mistress of magnetism. That's cool. And her powers manifested at a young age. Um, <laughs> so this is a this is a crazy story, also. So uh, as a young child, her father realized I think she was maybe three or four that she was not his daughter. Yeesh. Which then leads him to realize, ah, my wife had an affair and cheated on me with another man. Um, so he wanted to clear the air. He took his daughter and his wife on a plane. I don't know why they were on a plane, but they were fighting. And in, um, in this chaos, 
she's just yelling the entire time, stop fighting, stop fighting, stop fighting, you know? Oh, yeah. And her powers manifested and the plane exploded. Oh, my God. She was the only survivor. Survivor, yep. As it goes. And uh, she killed her parents, of course. And so that magnetic force was so strong that Magneto felt it and he like went to... He was like searching for it. He was yeah. searching for it okay. and he found this little girl and then uh, he realizes like, oh, it's my daughter. <laughs> She's my daughter. And oh. so the mother had an affair with Eric. Yeah. Birthed this daughter, Lorna. Tried to convince her husband, no, 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 it's yours. Clearly wasn't his. And then during this whole incident, it actually mutated the girl so she had brown hair at first and it changed it green so it was bright green and so when magneto found her he's like basically like i'm not ready to take this child on no one no one ever (laughs) is man no one ever is so he had one of his oldest oldest uh colleagues named mastermind who was in one of the films as well and he has her essentially wipe lorna's mind brain like memories of that entire incident. And so she just believes in her initial thoughts is that, oh, my mommy and daddy died when I was a baby and my aunt and uncle have raised me. And so she knows nothing about Magneto. And so in the early days, he used to use it against her. Like when she first came on the scene, he was like, oh, you have powers like me. You're my daughter. And so he would play with her and he'd be like, you shouldn't be with the X-Men. You should help me. Even though they weren't related at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then around 2003, they then canonically confirmed like, hey, here's this amazing backstory. Guess what? Y'all are actually related. And so from for the last 20 years, she's officially been his daughter. It's dark. So, yeah, all of the the really great stories are sadly very dark. It's traumatic as Um, well. So her full backstory was revealed in 2005, 42 years after his comic debut. So not only did they take 20 years to give him an origin, they then took 42 years to give his daughter an actual backstory. So he has three children, essentially, in in the comics that we know of on top of Anya. So four total... And God knows how many more. God. <laughs> and it's, so it's three are the most prominent, some of the most prominent heroes, which are Wanda, Pietro, and Lorna. Yeah. And so there is a Lorna Dane in the cinematic universe, sort of. Um, she was portrayed by Emma Dumont in the 2017 television series, The Gifted. And so this was that show that was on Fox and on primetime. Mm-hmm. evenings and in the show she had green hair she was very fair skinned magnetism powers and she knew she, like she would make references to her father on the show but uh, they never he was never on it shown, yeah. yeah they never <laughs> brought him on um but yeah so these two have not crossed paths in cinematic universe because she's not in any of the films um so yeah i don't know well maybe we'll see her uh, later on, but I will say, she ends up in a very serious relationship with Cyclops's younger brother at one point. So mm. they they split off and they create their own X team, and they're known as X Factor. Wow. So yeah, they're really cool. I like them a lot. Um, so this is when this when Magneto's story really starts to unfurl. <laughs> love interests. So he's had his fair share of lady loves throughout the decades, 
including Wasp, if you can believe it. Wow. But there are a select few who stand out among the rest when it comes to his comic book lore. And so I'm going to bounce between the cinematic universe and then comic book instead of the other way around. Um, so in the films, they linked him to Raven Darkholm, a.k.a. Mystique, first portrayed by the iconic Rebecca Romaine and then Jennifer Lawrence, um, first seen in X-Men 1 and then last seen in uh, Days of Future Past. Do we not see her? Wait, no. Dark Phoenix, sorry. My acronyms. For, for, <laughs> yeah, for Jennifer Phoenix. Lawrence, yeah. yes. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. And then Days of Future Past, that's Rebecca. For Rebecca, yeah. yeah. And so... In the films, the implications had always been um, made throughout the cinematic run, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they ever had a full-fledged relationship. They were just kind of like... Messing around. Messing around. As one does. (laughs) But in the comics, it's the same, if not less, than the cinematic, because despite the two having been in cahoots from the old days... And the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, they have never explicitly had a romantic, let alone sexual, relationship in the comics. And Mystique is actually very gay. <laughs> and nice. she, she has a partner. Yeah. Love that. So there's none of that in there at all. So that's also kind of why it was like, for me at least, as a, as a seasoned comic book fan, if you will, them trying to like make something happen with Jennifer Lawrence and Fassbender, I was like, what are you doing? doing uh. it's like weird <laughs> i don't like it i don't like it um, i don't like it <laughs> and then um in the cinematic end there is uh we're gonna start with marie d'encanto aka rogue portrayed by anna paquin so in the films there was no semblance of a relationship a connection of any sort they kind of had the one scene in X-Men 1, where her hair turns white, but nothing more than, you know, just that and the occasional interaction um, because she had the connection with Iceman, yes. Sean Ashmore. But in the comics, <laughs> I had to hold myself back from going, like, crazy with this section because I could talk for days about Rogue for I'm obvious sure reasons. Yeah, and so I'm very... As 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 short as humanly possible, Anna Marie Darkholm LeBeau, aka Rogue, she is married to Gambit in the comics. So, Magneto and Rogue, these two have cultivated a pretty interesting story over the years in the comics. A constantly spoken but sometimes spoken thing between them that ultimately established a pretty harsh love triangle between Eric, Rogue, and Gambit. It makes me angry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's really sad because it's like at times you can tell that she is like playing with Gambit. Like she's not, like she wants Magneto. Like, mm. but because Gambit is there for her, you'll do. And it makes me angry. <laughs> I'm like, he's genuinely in love with you. But yet here she is. She's running after Eric Lencher. And so. It's, expect, it's expected that a lot of the dynamic is due to the fact that they've been through a lot with one another. Yeah. Um, especially when Rogue was going through the whole Ms. Marvel thing and Carol Danvers, for the record. Um, and and while she was getting her powers and working through her powers and being haunted with by the, uh, the, the psychic impression of Carol Danvers, uh-huh. Magneto is the one that actually kind of helped her 
through that and killed the manifestation. And so they've been stranded on islands together with no powers. Like, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, think of the face again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scandy. You get me. Um, Scandy. Yeah, and, and also it's said that because of Rogue's powers, with Magneto's powers, they counteract and negate one another. Mm. So. Sorry. Sucky, sucky. <laughs> <laughs> another story for another day, They but they can touch without issue. And so that's really like been a been a pinnacle for for those two but again she married gambit we're good they're good all is life right. is good <laughs> life is good and then uh there is suzanne dane in the cinematic universe so while the fox first wasn't nearly as messy as the sonyverse mostly um they definitely had one hell of a time like establishing eric's love interest into cinematic continuity so suzanne dane herself didn't have a counterpart. She's Lorna's mom, mm-hmm. but their version of it in the Fox first was to amalgamate her with Magda, which Fox did in, um, with these two next characters that we're going to talk about, which are Suzanne again, Susanna, sorry, Suzanne. Um, she was one whopping comic book appearance in the comics. And again, she cheated on her husband, had a baby and she died. Jeez. <laughs> and, then, and then Magda Gursky. So, she technically, um, Magda in the comics technically does not have an MCU counterpart, but the closest thing is the woman that we see in Apocalypse who has the child with Eric, um, uh, who gets killed by Arrow. <laughs> and so, um, gets me every time. Yeah, man, it's, oh, and so, uh, the Magda in the comics, um, she's sometimes depicted. It's it's interesting because of the Wanda thing. Yeah, like they've retconned things, right? She is his daughter. She's not his daughter. All that, and so Magda. Sometimes she's only depicted as conceiving Anya. Sometimes uh, she's conceived. She's perceived as conceiving Anya, Pietro, and Wanda, and then sometimes it's like like nothing. Like you know, it's it's weird. The timeline's really weird. But, um, yeah, so she apparently had the twins sometime after she left him, after discovering he's a mutant, and then she died. Mm, <laughs> so it's like all these women die. They pop out babies and die. It's so, so sad. I don't like it. Um, but last but not least, there was a Ms. Maximoff featured in Days of Future Past as well as X-Men Apocalypse. So she was the mom of Peter Maximoff, who is Quicksilver, aka Ralph Boner? <laughs> so she was in the she was in two films, and then she had two unnamed daughters. Uh, so one was like the first time we see Quicksilver, she's he's got that little girl on his lap that's wearing pink. Yes, and everyone's like, "It's Wanda." This was before Elizabeth Olsen, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there and there was the speculation she never had a name, and they mentioned another daughter she never had a name, and so that woman apparently had all three kids but whatever nobody knows <laughs> it's so, wanda it's wanda she's in pink and she kind of has red hair it, wanda yeah. wanda it was a whole thing so anyway they, 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 it's a it's a whole confusing thing they've just really tried to pull things together and be like it's her but none of them have actually everybody just likes picking things out man yeah they're just like That's let's what consolidate I've 
Yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. I know that's exhausting. It is. It's like <laughs> just give, give the proper storyline like time to grow. And, but yeah. yeah, again, I think the best representation of all the women that they've brought into the MCU or the Fox, the cinematic universe is the one from apocalypse that died with her daughter. Yeah. Like that's the best. I think that's like the most we've seen. Like, yeah, absolutely. Eric, Eric just, yeah, completely. Like I'm good here. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. want to live my life. Yeah. And then someone snitched. I know. And now he has to kill everybody. Exactly. That's so funny. That's like it's so happens. like it's so dramatic. Like right? he's ah, oh, somebody exposed me for being a killer. Oh, I guess I gotta kill them. <laughs> I gotta kill everybody now. <laughs> and it's it's messed up because he saved somebody's life, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like right back to the previous discussion we had. Like He's not a bad guy, but like they People make him do bad things. People are just things. scared. They're yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? Because like, yeah, I, when I was watching my 13 minute clip of him <laughs> using powers, he saved that man from a falling like piece of like so I'm machinery. Like, oh know? my god, he saved the man. And they're like, "Oh, how did he's he a do mutant. it? How did he do it? <laughs> yeah, is he a mutant? He's a mutie. Now I feel weird. Now yeah. it's like it's like it's like someone stole yeah. like your lunch or something from the fridge. You're like, yeah. oh, that guy's weird. Right? And also, oh. how idiotic is it to be like, oh, he can lift five tons of metal? Why let's are we operating these machines yeah. still? <laughs> and also, let's go kill him and his family. Yeah, because they're different, you know. Yeah. And again, it started in the '60s, and you know, like there, you can find all these interviews with Stan and and how he's talked about. How history, real history, has like the impacted. oppression and everything. Exactly, yeah, yeah. that's the why he created the X Men. Exactly, and and also you know like race wars and all yeah. these things. And again, going back to that idea that they're being killed off just for being different. Yes, sound familiar at all? Uh, America. <laughs> <laughs> Soundbite. <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's why the X Men you know, are so relevant no matter what era, right? Because there's always going to be some oppression yeah. and in and, and humanity. And it's not so much that it's mutants versus humans. It's just yeah. different people versus the Agreed. norm. And then Eric's like, yeah, well, got to kill you now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you disrespected my family, yeah. a.k.a. killing them. Exactly. <laughs> got to so, kill you. Sorry. Exactly. And so, you know, it's like, eh. It is what it is. Um, and so speaking of, I, I originally had this a little lower, but listener comment, rather question from our, our wonderful Patreon patron, Andrew Frank. He asks very simply, Magneto, villain or anti-hero? Do people classify those as the same things? Because it's like villain, hero, and then there's an anti-hero. Well, I think villains are are definitely like, they're evil. They intend to do evil. Oh, yeah. Like some Joker type stuff. Yes. He is a full-fledged villain. There's nothing nice about the Joker. The yeah. Joker intends it's to harm chaos. people. He just loves chaos. Chaos. Uh, or anti-hero. I feel anti-hero. like Deadpool is more of like an anti-hero. Mm, interesting. But Magneto, I don't think I would classify as a villain. Right. I'm in a rut here, it's Andrew. Hard, I'm right? in a- <laughs> it's very difficult because just for the same reasons that we just mentioned, he could save somebody. They, they're they like, bleh, bleh, bleh. and then he's like, well, got to kill you now. 
And then he does. Well, I mean, yeah, you watch all four of those movies. I'm thinking. I'm just. I'm thinking strictly Fastbender, just because they're, yeah. they're the most recent memory. He's so good. It's just. I love him. Like in First Class, okay, I I kind of don't remember First Class as much, but mm. so I guess we'll use Days of Future Past. Yeah. Like they help him escape. Yeah. He's like, I got to kill Trask, and I got to kill you know, yeah. and then you know, Charles is like Charles, <laughs> or he's like Eric. I know you can hear me. FYI, please. He has fingers to his forehead. (laughs) You're better than this, Eric. I'm sorry, Charles. I've made up my mind. (laughs) This is not who we are. (laughs) I know. McAvoy is so, like, every time he says the line, I feel it like I've heard it for the first time. Just because he says it with such conviction. It's like, this is not who we are. This is not Eric. Eric! (laughs) He's the nagging wife. He is the nagging wife. (laughs) I mean, Eric could have... Just <clears throat> murdered everybody. Sure. I mean, he's like, you know what? You're right, Charles. Yeah. I'm better than this. Yeah. Boom, I'm gonna leave. All right, cool. Yeah, he's like, and he just does the float. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, peace out. And then it's like, when you think everything's all good, someone goes and like talks to okay. Eric and is like, yeah. he's like, yo, need your help. Yeah. He's like, all right. Boom, kills everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say anti-hero, but I wouldn't say villain. Right. He's somewhere in the middle. Like he's, he's very great. He's a hero when he needs to be. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but is he saving things that he caused? Mm. Mm. Is he the savior of his own chaos? Yes. Yeah. You know? Mm. And st- it's yeah, like it's like Wanda, like funny enough, <laughs> yeah. in WandaVision. Yeah, the don't she thought she was, tree. you know, saving, helping the people, but sure. really she just took it over everybody's minds. Yeah, exactly. The whole town. Exactly. She got it from her father. That's she crazy. Got it from her father, yeah. It's like father, <laughs> like daughter. Yeah, it, it, I I would agree. I would agree in almost entirely. Yeah, I, I think he has moments where he skews a little more villain, but I would also say he's... Leaning maybe yeah. more toward the like anti-hero. he's not he's not on my speed dial like oh I need <laughs> I need saving yeah no, yeah because he's gonna look at it and go he's like ah <sighs> yeah <laughs> um, but in the same token like he's also relentless as he is reliable I don't yeah. know it it really yeah I don't know like for Charles he would do anything hundred percent me and yet at the same time. I'm calling at least five people before I call Magneto, (laughs) (laughs) the X-Men. I'm calling at least five people. That's funny. So uh, when it comes to other versions and in other media, there's a a lot. There's a lot that are worth talking about. There's uh, uh, an identity of his that's he went by Joseph where he was like, he forgot everything. He forgot everything. Mm. And he was very, a very good person. Yeah. <laughs> was shockingly enough. And love I think that. that's more of reason why Rogue fell in love with him. But we're only going to talk about one fairly quickly. Uh, Eric Magnus Lencher of Earth 295, a.k.a. the Age of Apocalypse. Ooh. So um, he's, he's pretty awesome. He's probably one of my favorite iterations of Magneto. Uh, but the sh- the story is uh, when Prime Earth Charles Xavier died, he was killed by his future son. That's in the main continuity. So I think there was like ep- episode. There was like issue 
want to say 49 uh-huh. or 50 of X-Men series 2 in 1992. Uh, probably 95 by that point. He was killed by his future son uh, with a psychic knife to the head, I believe. And so oh, gosh. when he did that, he put Xavier in a coma, aka then he died. Magneto then took that as like, it was so tragic and so traumatizing to him. He then decided to take Xavier's dream on himself. So he became who Charles Xavier was for the X-Men. And he started his own X-Men. And so that changed the entire course of the universe. Uh-huh. And it made this new thing called the Age of Apocalypse, which is very much that. Apocalypse was basically the ruler of the Earth. Wow. And Magneto was the Professor X who was just simply trying to protect people. And so, yeah, he made his own version of the X-Men and they worked with various teams in that timeline. He and Rogue were married in that universe. And so for the same, yeah, I know, for the same reasons that, you know, again, that like in continuity that they're able to touch one another, um, at least sometimes, (laughs) not all the time, because she does have the same powers. And so it's interesting because she still, they still don't necessarily show affection as they would if they could touch each other, but you get the vibe that she's maybe lost control of her powers at times with him. Mm. But they were able to conceive a child together and they named him Charles. Ah. So there's a Charles Lencher in the Age of Apocalypse. But the entire universe got destroyed, of course, as they always often do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Um, And another one we're going to cover is the animation one. So I wanted to very quickly pivot to our almost was because these two are surprisingly linked together. So when it comes to almost was horror icon, Christopher Lee was one of the candidates for Magneto for the original film uh, and X-Men, of course, uh, as well as Terrence Stamp, who we've heard his name a few times as well. Mm -hmm. And he ended up being stick in the Electra movie. Uh And then that brings us to David Hemblem, who, uh, you know, he's the particularly surprising one because, fun fact, he voiced Magneto in the cartoon. Uh. So he he voiced him from 1992 to 1997, and uh, he was a candidate. He, he I believe he auditioned for the role that Ian McKellen uh, ended up getting. Um, but uh, in addition to that, David sadly passed away uh, just not too long ago in 2020. So... Uh, from there, we'll see how much stake Magneto and his new voice actor <laughs> will have in the cinematic series, cinematic universe, and the the new cartoon series. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to nice. see um, the future of the characters. So, <laughs> what do you think? Do you, do you think we're going to get that cameo? Is that fully, fully, fully confirmed in Deadpool? According to that that, that leaker guy? yeah. yeah. Yes, I think so. Yes, holy smokes! I think so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. <gasps> so we'll but see. But I don't. I don't. I mean, do you think they'll kill him? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, anything is possible with, with in a Deadpool movie. Sure. Um, yeah. But also, I don't know. Like, how long can you milk Magneto. a character? Yeah. They're I mean, obviously they're him. milking Wolvie, but yeah, I think that's just a different, like, mm-hmm. different level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying like. 
McKellen or Fassbender are not on that level, but it's just like, yeah. I mean, we've had these characters, at least Magneto, we've had him for 20, over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, it's like, like what else do you want to do with them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, what yeah. else do you want to do with them? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get like another full blown, like kind of story with him, mm-hmm. movie with him show, doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, if you do do another movie or, uh, or show, whatever, it has to be Fastbender. I just don't know if Ian McKellen would just do it again. Yeah. In my honest opinion. He's 93. Other, other than, yeah, other than mo- nothing more than a cameo, you know? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I Again, I'd love to see... I would like to see Ian McKellen make a cameo, not die, but I would also like to see Fastbender put into the fold, but also not milked. I know yeah. it's a tall order all around, but I would love to see them both back in some capacity. And then also just like for them to tie up whatever they could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just not to, again, not kill him, but just put him somewhere where he's existing yeah. somewhere else. He, we don't need to talk about him at all, but Hey, he's I there. Agree. Uh, yeah. So I would, that's what I would love. Um, I just, I really want to see both of them get, the same, I mean, not that Patrick Stewart really got like a nice send off for what he got in, yeah. in Doctor Strange, but you know, at least he got some redemption with even the aesthetic of Professor X and, and being part of the Illuminati, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd like to see something that's a little more, a little more than what they've been, they've had to deal with in previous films, but we'll see, I guess. Um, and that brings us to suggested reading. And so these first two come courtesy of Patreon patron Aid Andrew. Uh, so thanks again. Uh, he suggests uh, 2014 and 15 Magneto by Colin Bunn and G- Gabriel Walta, as well as X-Men Magneto Testament by Greg Pak and Alejandro Arbona. So Magneto Testament, that's the one where they actually first introduced his er- official origin story. So that's where we get the Max Eisenhardt and all that stuff backstory. So it's a really momentous one. I believe it came out in 2000, which, shocking, is the same year that the film came out. Mm. So they timed that very well. Um, As for me, I'm an oldie but a goodie, so I'm going to go with the classics, as Gambit says. (laughs) X-Men Series 2, number one, by my convention snack buddy Chris Claremont and Marvel legend turned DC icon Jim Lee as well as, again, Age of Apocalypse original run from 1995. Those are my two favorite. And of course, there's the new stuff, the Krakoa stuff, <laughs> the, the Hickman stuff. It's, it's all good. The white Magneto suit stuff is great, too. Um, so yeah, just definitely read it. With that said, that's the end of the show. Wow. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Next episode... We're doing, we're going back. We're going, we're going with the classic with this one. So we're going to, we're going to tackle finally our new cap and forever Falcon, Sam Wilson for our next character study, especially with Captain America four in the horizon. Yeah. Um, and a weird Groot salute to Edgar, Andrea, Laura, Claire, Katie, Ed, Jenny, Andrew, Sherry, Ariel, Nats, Melanie, Eve, Ashley, Robin, The Rackner, and Joe Liz. Follow us on social, S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-O-S-T. And if you like what you hear, review, rate, and subscribe. Yes. That's it. Once again, thanks again for listening. We will catch y'all in the next one. See you later.
Bye. Bye. Bye.